Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Good morning. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to your life. <laughs> I never left. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks since we've done one of these. And we had maybe for the first time since ever. Maybe our honeymoon was that long, but we were away for nearly just one day short of two weeks. Yep. It was great. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it already seems like. <laughs> a lot has happened in the last week of re-entry. Um, so, obviously, since all of this started, since this podcast started in March, late March, the whole world has been in the middle of lots of change and transition. Um and that hasn't stopped. It's just been ongoing change, ongoing transition, right? Um, and then we had this two-week vacation, which was wonderful to step back and uh, unwind, slow down progressively. It took, at least me, it took me several days to really slow down uh, and relax and get quiet and enjoy where I was. Um, but when we came back, we realized within a couple of days that now our family specifically is in the middle of a lot of change and transition. So we have our oldest daughter now engaged. Yeah, not a total shocker, but a little bit. I mean, I figured it was coming, but it came a little quicker than I thought. Yeah, yeah. And she and her fiancé are moving back to where their schools will restart very soon. Our second daughter is in the Middle East. Yeah, one of the few places that will let Americans come visit. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still let us in. <laughs> Our third daughter is a rising senior in high school and applying to colleges. And our fourth daughter is leaving for boarding school in less than a month. Yeah, lots going on. But it's all fun. It's all good. Um, and also, for the maybe the first time for me, while we were on vacation, just talking about and dreaming about what an empty nest will look like even what retirement will look like and having fun envisioning what that is and and realizing wow that's going to be a fun time yeah absolutely 
So I had two um, art experiments while on vacation that helped me listen to myself a little bit better and that's that's the way I um, use this or experience this hobby of painting for me over the years. I try to just play at it and see what happens. There's little skill involved. <laughs> it's more an exploration. So while I was away, I had two paintings that um, helped teach me about balance. The first painting, I was, I was just entering our vacation. It was really day one of getting set up where we were and I almost was in my still in my overachieving do 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 mentality so so I said to myself I'm going to do this vacation right <laughs> and I was I'm going to do this first and this second I'm going to do this I'm going to start this painting and I got myself all organized and I threw up the colors and did my interpretive painting technique which is just emotion with colors on the canvas basically and it was and then I stepped back after half an hour and said okay I'm going to move on to the next thing and with in, the intention of going back to that first painting and adding and doing more and making it more specific and more detailed and so when I came back to it later that day, I paused and I looked at it. I was like, wow, I kind of like it just the way it is, but that's impossible for half an hour's worth of work to be done and for it to be that easy. So it was a, I realized it was a struggle on the inside of myself that I wanted to do more, but maybe I shouldn't do more. <laughs> And listening to that tug on the inside of me when it's okay to put something down and have it be enough. And that's hard for someone who is recovering from overachieving and overfunctioning. So that was the first painting. And then several days later, I took out a second canvas and started again in the same way, just throwing things up, but on purpose trying something totally new, which is a color palette I've never done before. So bright, bold colors is not my thing, but I said I'm going to do something completely different. And that painting was a completely different adventure. So with this one, taking my time, playing with the new color palette, playing with new shapes and new forms, and not being in a hurry. And that one ended up being something, every day I'd go back and I'd play some more and I'd add some more. Not because I felt like I had to or was forced, but I was enjoying the details and the creative experience and I didn't feel like I had to make it perfect I was truly just playing with it 
So that was a really fun way to, between those two paintings, experience and learn about the balance of when something's enough, being okay with putting it down, or playing with something and enjoying the details of diving in a little bit deeper. That's my painting story. <laughs> That's a good one. I worked a puzzle. <laughs> you sure did. So we watched the PGA over the last few days. And I'm not a big golf enthusiast, but it was fun to sit down and watch that with you. And it follow was. and get involved with some of the players as they got closer and closer to the finish and um, learning a little bit more about how the game works and how tricky it is and how easy you can be in the lead and then lose the lead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved sharing that with you. I just, there's so much about the game that's... Uh, I enjoy um, this the overall sportsmanship and that truly it is the player against the course rather than really competing against other players so much it's um, everyone having to do their own thing based on where their shots are and uh, it was great to have that many people in the end who were in a position to potentially win. Yeah, and I love to see the young guy. What was his name? Colin Morikawa. Yeah, he won the PGA, and he was only 23. And the what I got from his acceptance speech holding his trophy was that he, you know... He has spent his life getting to that place. Um, and it just makes me think about how we, how our lives are oriented and what we spend our time doing and focusing on really does influence where we end up. <laughs> well, yeah, and it makes me think of how many people who have envisioned their lives being at that place and won't ever get there. Mm. I mean, there's loads of little boys and girls who want to be PGA champion. And some will even get to play in the PGA, but will never be champion. Uh, so just even how small a percentage of even setting your cap towards a goal, uh, if it's a goal like that, you know, only a few people ever achieve that. Yeah, it reminds me of you asked me recently about how many people at my dance, my art school. So I went to North Carolina School of the Arts in high school to train in classical ballet. And as a senior, we would audition for companies, ballet companies around the country. And when you asked me the question, how many people actually got jobs at that point, when I thought about it, it was... I knew it at the time how hard and how competitive it was to get a job, but it struck me to look back now 
there were just a handful of us who actually got jobs. And I didn't get one right away, so I was an apprentice for a year first and then got an actual job within that company. But of my whole class who had been there and really spent their entire lives, like this golfer who mm -hmm. made it into the PGA and won it, uh, so few people actually went on and worked and were hired for all the training and all the years they had focused in, in ballet. And it's, you know, it's not all good or all bad. Some people walked away from all that training and were developed and took away great character um, attributes and went on to teach or whatever. And, it, you know, mostly a good experience, but there were plenty who, who walked away a bit scarred from it. Yeah. In your role as a minister kind of during this time that we're all sharing together. What do you th what do you think is the one or two things for us to all remember, especially when we're tired and we're frustrated of where we are and where we've been and would love to force it to a different place. Um. Mm -hmm. Man, that's important. I would say, and it's things that we already, I think for the most part, know at one level, um, but we just pass over it. Um, I think, honestly, trying to live in the present moment and take in the things that we normally might miss that are around us can just give us an appreciation for what we do have versus what we don't, which is the pandemic is screaming at us about what we don't have, uh, the freedom to do particular things, uh, all sorts of things. So mm. we're living in a restrictive mentality already because of all the adjustments we have to make to our lives. And so we're living with kind of life deficit thoughts in a way so pausing to appreciate what we do have can help alleviate some of that i think um, secondly and it goes along with that is perspective that you know we will figure out a way to cope with this and so we won't live like we're living now forever We'll get a vaccine at some point. Something's going to happen to where uh, our lives will, quote-unquote, stabilize again. Uh, I don't know if that'll be this year, next year, or the following year. But it will happen. So mm -hmm. to keep that in mind, that uh, we are going to get out of this box at some point. And then lastly... 
because of the additional stress that the world is under just to have and try to keep as much perspective as we can have uh more grace for ourselves and and for other people yeah um to look out for one another uh you know life is is hard enough just in normal times and right now it's particularly hard and if everything's just a rally cry to one side or another it just ratchets up the difficulty so we're just really trying to look out for one another and for ourselves uh, and that's not a selfish thing but to take care of yourself mm-hmm. so those things I mean um, perspective to be patient to take in the moment and the blessings that we do have in the midst of uh, this uncommon time and to have grace for one another and ourselves. Yeah, that's really good. And um, like you said, to begin with, these are simple things, but we forget them. Mm-hmm. So in some way, finding reminders and encouraging one another verbally with those reminders because it's so easy to be distracted from them yeah well and to tie in with what you said earlier i think our society is a society that likes to overfunction mm-hmm. and Right now, we need to stop over-functioning. I mean, we always probably need to stop over-functioning, but particularly right now, um, because it's not helpful for ourselves or for anyone else. Yeah, I had a friend on Facebook who um, said something similar, but just that we have a great opportunity to focus on relationships right now instead of on tasks and controlling events and our work even if it's long distance communication or screen communication we have this this space to engage one another in a unique way Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, life, again, can be serious in its normal times. Well, it's really serious now. Um, and so it adds just so much furrowing of the common man and woman's brow. And so we need some levity and some relief in life and I think that's part of that living in the present to stop and find some things to help us unfurrow our brows because that's mm-hmm. everywhere you look wherever we are people are walking around with really furrowed brows yeah and so back to the PGA champion he spent his life pursuing and involved and on the golf course that was his life and so your your life is shaped and molded by what you pay attention to 
if we're going to live our lives today focused on anxiety and fears, it's it will shape and form us. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't mean ignoring what's in front of us, but instead of focusing on fears, focusing on solutions. It doesn't ignore the problem, but it looks at it from a different angle. Yeah. Well, we both have occupations and um, professions where, in a way, it forces us in that direction to look for ways to build and ways to encourage and ways to support. So it's a good thing we do what we do. pushes us in a good direction. Yeah, as long as we don't overfunction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next time. I hope I see you before then. <laughs>「for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter and we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life and just take it one step at a time. Peace.